Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk Golf Podcast, where we walk you through the industry's untold stories, brand reviews, history lessons, and swing lessons from industry legends to those fresh on the scene. We'll carry you through the world of golf, so you grab your bag, strap up, and enjoy the walk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of Enjoy the Walk podcast. We've got an exciting clothing brand to talk about this week, Dante. You're wearing the shirt. I'm wearing the yes, shirt. Sir. Two completely different styles, which I'm stoked to get into of how they chose to go these two different directions. Two completely different uh, clothing, I would say, fits. The the way they fit are very different. The the style uh, and the texture, the the absolute like difference is really cool. And I'm excited to get into it. We have Scott Morrison, who is an absolute denim connoisseur. He's been in the denim game for a long time. Jumped over to Seattle and got into the golf world. Scott, excited to have you on the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so we are talking about Radmore Golf, guys. They are all about sustainability, uh, all about what happens once the shirt gets off your back, right? I think it's a very little talked about thing within fashion all across the board, but especially in golf, we talk about uh, these high-end materials that you know help us stay cool on the golf course, but what happens when they're worn out and we throw them away because everyone knows you've just got those shirts that just don't quite look right anymore. And you just throw them in the trash, right? Where do they go? Uh, what happens to them? What happens to the environment when they are off your back? So uh, excited to get into this because I'm excited on so many different levels of where we can go with this conversation, Scott. But um, first, man, talk about Radmore and, and how it really began from your experience in the fa- in the fashion industry. Sure, sure. So um, my business partner, Bob Conrad, and I had talked. I mean, I guess you got to go back quite a few years. Um, we both played college golf together at the University of Washington um which was at that time a pack 10 school um we talked about doing clothing or starting a clothing business or something and it was a little bit around the time and this is again early to, to mid 90s when golf clothing was pretty one-dimensional it was kind of ashworth or ralph lauren maybe if you're lucky um a lot of i would call it not so wonderful golf um as far as the brands go and the the, the vision of golf clothing so it definitely left a little bit to be desired we talked about doing something then we did not do anything i um, finished up school in 1995 so arguably 100 years ago and went into the (laughs) denim industry moved to new york city from seattle started a handful of jean companies um paper denim and cloth and in 1999 ernestone in 2005 and then uh three by one in 2011. so i'd been in the denim industry of the fashion uh or the denim side of the fashion industry Always played golf, always loved playing golf and still had a point of view around it. But I found it incredibly frustrating and strange that like somehow here's this beautiful sport played in nature that we all love and we all embrace. And and uh, uh, at the same time, everyone was wearing plastics. And so polyester is basically a PET microplastic. I don't know if you've ever seen it done, but basically they melt these things, they spin them into yarns. Um, and those, those are the ways we make performance attire or the way we make polyester or anything. Um, and so it just felt weird to me that there weren't, there weren't more brands really talking about sustainability or talking about using natural fibers. Um, a lot has happened over the last 25, 30 years. A cotton shirt today is not the cotton shirt that we or our, our parents may have grown, grown up wearing. So it was interesting to me, the more and more we started to think about, you know, golf clothing and how it hasn't had this you know this metamorphosis much like the way other apparel industries or other footwear industries have been uh, 
I've been thinking about sustainability. And so um, in January 2020, we decided to start Radmore. We started decided a little bit before that, but we, we formalized the business in January 2020. I moved from New York City to Seattle and uh, three months later, COVID hit. So obviously <laughs> an incredible time for golf, um, not an incredible time to be starting a golf brand with really no products and no, no set, you know, large relationships. So um, we kind of stumbled our way through it. Thankfully, we were pretty smart about how we approached it. And we have a, a sourcing partner who helped us with production and things like that. So we've been able to kind of weather the storm. But, you know, by and large, we didn't have product in market until February of this past year. So in February of 2021, we finally had our first products. Um, and the product range that we originally started with, it takes everything from like the Colby shirt you're wearing, Dalton, to the Beatty um, shirt you're wearing, Dante. And, you know, we really focused on at least the initial two couple seasons on trying to use Pima cotton fibers. So the extra long staple cotton, the nicest cotton in the world. Combining that with a little bit of, of stretch and seeing what we could produce, um, we're really happy with the outcome. But we also thought there was another step beyond that, which is to try and incorporate recycled materials, recycled um, uh, synthetics if we had to use them at all, um, and really try to educate and inform the customer about why this needs to be a, a story or a message in every golf shop and, and why it's important, I think, to golfers everywhere. That's, um, I mean, incredible that you guys kind of took on this beast of uh, saying, hey, you know what? We started this thing right in the middle of COVID. And then <laughs> you, I wouldn't just, have planned that. I mean, that's, you know, it's that exactly not, not like you planned it, but yeah. you said, you know what? We're still going to give it our all. Um, and I think it's interesting to me, and I want to step more into just the, the style side of it first and foremost. Dante, you're wearing what I would call much more of a classic golf shirt. And guys, yeah. if you check us out on YouTube, I'm wearing more of, I would say, a modern golf shirt, uh, which I love. I wore it out to a concert on Friday night. I wear it just mm -hmm. kind of casually hanging out on the weekends. It's an awesome shirt to just put on, not only because of the style, but just the material as well. Um, super comfortable get into that a little bit for us and talk to us about why the two different styles and, and going in opposite directions. I feel like both in style um, and in fabric for these two different shirts. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think, I think we think about design pretty practically. I mean, we understand two things. One, you're not going to sell a golf shirt to anyone just saying, Hey, it's sustainable. Come buy it. Like that's <laughs> not going to help. And I think um, being, you know, around the game of golf since I was 11. So I, I, grew up, you know, in the seventies and then basically have been playing golf throughout the eighties and nineties um, and, and competitively. And I think there's a, a sense of history and a tradition to the game and the sport, which we love. And there's an aesthetic to that in itself, which is great. And that appeals, I think, to a lot of people my age, you know, in their late forties um, and even some younger guys who are in their, their thirties and forties. And so I think there's a sense of nostalgia and a sense of, of history and timelessness and a classic, vibe to golf clothes, um, which Dante is wearing. And I, I think he looks fantastic in it, but I also oh, think yeah. there's a younger, yeah. I also <laughs> think there's a younger generation out there too. Who's like, Hey, that's cool. But like, I want you speak to me in a different language and I want something that's a little bit different. And I think there's a lot of guys out there that don't necessarily want to wear a traditional collar. They kind of are looking for a different, a different feel, a different idea and similar lifestyle, but they want to reflect, you know, the, the choices they, they make in their style and clothing differently. Yeah, so, actually, you made a good point, obviously, because it's brand, but that's what I noticed, too, where you're saying, you know, it's it appeals to the older generation, their late 40s, and kind of it kind of gives like a 90s vibe check. Um, yeah. But 
also with like the modern technology. So it's like the modern fit, um, but it has the classic look to it. And that's kind of what I picked out when it came in the mail. I said, I said, yo, this looks like something I grew up because I'm early 30s and, you know, grew up in the 90s. And I remember seeing the guys that kind of had like the same exact kind of collar and then same with the with the cuffs on the sleeves. And I said, oh, this looks like um, clothes we kind of grew up in golfers playing, but they didn't look like parachutes when you put when you put it on, put on nice and snug. So I was like, but and the material, like you said, is a completely different cotton than back, you know, 30 years ago where. I mean, this, I can sleep in it. That's yeah, how no, it's amazing. It is. I mean, it's amazing. I'd like to think that we did something magical, but I mean, really what it is, is it's the yarn spinning technologies, the, the type of cotton we use primarily on our cotton products is all Pima cotton, um, which, as I said before, is this what's called an ELS or extra long staple um, cotton. It's the smoothest, strongest, finest in the world. Um, and when you combine that with a little bit of stretch, you get a lot of that performance that people have come to expect over the last 15 or 20 years of their athleisure um, type products. Yet at the same time, you get the breathability of a natural fiber like cotton, which is terrific. And, um, and I think Dalton, you, you alluded to it in the, in the opening, but you know, one of the big pillars for us as a brand is trying to reduce our environmental impact as consumers. And, you know, there's a couple of really hard facts of life, which is the average Americans throwing away about 80 pounds of clothing every year the vast majority of that clothing is polyester or synthetic because it's the cheapest to make clothes with. And uh, that stuff sits in a landfill for a hundred years plus. And it's basically made from PET plastic, which doesn't biodegrade. It's not something that just goes down into the earth and somehow becomes regenerative or renewable. And so we, you know, I've been kind of introduced to this whole concept through my denim career and certainly the last five or six years of my denim career where everyone from the Levi's of the world, the H&M's, the Adidas, the Nike, I mean, everyone who's a big, big company has been confronted with this idea that, hey, you've got to do better with carbon credits or carbon neutrality. You've got to do better with your shipping. You've got to do better with recycled materials, um, eliminating your water usage, you know, minimizing that at the very least, and, and obviously cutting back on your chemicals. And so there's a huge, huge conversation happening in the world of fashion, yet no one in golf is talking that way. And that's what's, you know, kind of such a, a bittersweet irony. Um, and so we took it upon ourselves to say, hey, listen, we love golf. We love making clothes, of course. But, you know, really the main point for us to do this is to try and do it with a different lens, try and create a concept, a brand, something that people can get excited about, something that speaks to them, but also carries a sustainability flag. And we do that a number of ways. I mean, one of the big things, both of your garments, for example, came with a hang tag that's made out of recycled paper. 99.9% .9 of all hang tags just get thrown in the trash because they're just really there to service, you know, a price sticker or something. We made ours actually, so it's a, it's a putting cup, a practice putting cup. I don't know if you've seen one, but you can basically, I should have one here, but I don't, of course. Um, you can basically fold that little cup into, you know, basically something you can stick on your, your carpet at home and, and practice, you know, making nine footers. So something that makes you think a little bit differently. There's obviously a little bit of detail in that and and trying to get you to understand, hey, listen, not everything should be designed just to be thrown out. We ship into, you know, country clubs or greengrass facilities. We sell Nordstrom, we sell Saks Fifth Avenue as well. But our poly bags are made from recycled ocean plastic. So it's got a resealable top, 
a lot of, you know, really simple things like, oh, you make a golf shirt, you send it to an embroidery, it goes to your club. Well, they throw away the plastic bag every time they send it to the embroidery house, the embroidery unpacks it and basically throws it away and puts it in a new bag and sends it on to the consumer or to the golf shop. So we did away with that just by simply adding a resealable top. So you can use the same poly bag. And then we work with waste management and trying to understand their principles and their, some of their guidelines about what types of materials can actually be recycled in a home recycling. So that you can just you know basically dump them out in your blue bin and you know they'll pick it up and be able to do something positive with it. So really, really mindful about things like that. Also steering towards you know, natural shell buttons, recycled uh, satin labels, um, really trying to understand and think through how can we make something that's less detrimental to the environment so that our customer doesn't really have to worry about it too much. And that's kind of the, the, big, the big takeaway for us is there's no one quite doing it the way we thought they should. And so we wanted to take a stab at it. When I always think too, when I think sustainability, right? Like it has to be in today's day and age, it has to be almost, and like you just put it, um, almost out of sight, out of mind for the consumer, right? Like they don't have to think about, oh, I got to do step A, step B, step C to truly recycle this properly, right? Like it, the steps have to be really be done for people because we use, we move at such a high paced lifestyle that no one's going to stop and take 20 seconds to maybe fill out a piece of paper to properly have it recycled properly or something like that. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. and you guys are proactively doing that, which I think is really unique. And you talk about even the the buttons and the, the tags and everything has a purpose to it and is really put in a, a, a step for the customer already to, to have this actively recycled in a, in a certain way. And I think that's really special. And the way you just take the actions for the consumer um, is a is a huge process that, like you said, is is really not happening uh, at in the masses on, on a big consumer level just yet. It's so true, and I think you know. Listen, I, I, we're all busy, right? I mean, I get it. I'm I'm just exactly the same as everyone else. I think the reality of the situation is there's a lot that we know as owners of brands or in the manufacturing world or whatever you want to call it that a lot of the end consumer doesn't know either. I always find it so interesting when you get a chance to go in and meet with a golf pro or fire at a country club or, you know, they're shocked that the polyester shirt they're make they're made or they're wearing is basically made of PET plastics. They're shocked. There's something called microfiber shedding where these little microfibers are constantly being shed every time you wash it, every time you wear it. And those little microfibers are plastic in the case of polyester. So that ultimately works its way into the gray water works its way out in the ocean gets ingested by fish i mean it's a pretty nasty idea and you know it can't be everyone's job to know all of that and so i think what we really need to do is we need to really try and push the manufacturing community push the brand community to do a better job of trying to to do their part and i think if we can lead the way as a, as a brand and a company then that's great but we also know that we need to lead the way by making a beautiful product that everyone wants to wear. And um, as I said before, it's not going to be something that just, you know, sustainability sells a, sells a shirt. It's not going to work that way. Well, I think I, I told Dante this when, when we got the shirts in, right? Um, it was the attention to detail that did kind of set you apart from other shirts we've seen come through awesome. in the past. Um, it was the little detail in Dante's collar. That's like a little white outline that kind of just gives yeah. a little bit of scripting to 
the the collar, right? It's the detail on on the white shirt, and um, and I think obviously we'll talk about the logo here in a little bit, but I just think the logo pops immediately, and it's just a conversation starter for a lot of people. Um, yeah. But it is that attention to detail for you guys that I think is going a long way in making what would otherwise, you know, be just kind of a blend in with the rest of the flow shirt, um, a little bit more pop. And that's really all it takes is that attention to detail. And I think I see it a lot of your shirts, whether it's the traditional shot style or the, the modern shirts. Um, but speaking of this logo, uh, what exactly brought you guys to say, all right, obviously spelling out Radmore is good. And that's a cool original logo. What what brought you guys to the golf ball with kind of peeking its way out of the hole? And how did this become <laughs> yeah. uh, a pretty good staple for your shirts? You know, it, it's funny because I, I think, and I, I know we alluded to this, and you guys actually set this up perfectly, so I couldn't have, I couldn't have asked you to do it differently. But, like, you know, Dante wearing a more classic look and, and you, Dalton, wearing something that's a little bit more contemporary. And, and I think we think about golf very much the same way. I mean, I grew up playing the game starting at age 11. I played every day until I, I finished school at 22. Um, you know, I look at it like, hey, listen, it's got, we have to do something that's exciting for a younger generation and we have to understand what they want. But at the same time, I really am a, a purist and a classic, you know, classical mindset kind of person as far as what I personally love and wear aesthetically. Um, and so we wanted to do something that, that kind of served both both you know groups um and i think that the way it actually came about was i created the logo which is the golf hole and then the ball sitting on top which i think you, you may see somewhere on that garment um and dante uh dante i think it may be on the back right shoulder i'm not sure of yours but um and if not then it's on another one but uh <laughs> anyway so we had originally come up with this this ball cup logo reference and it's kind of like a line like this and a ball golf ball sitting in the center and we had originally loved that logo we wanted to do that and potentially steer that more towards like a traditional green grass property so um which might skew a little bit more conservative or or certainly a little bit older and the more we looked at it the more i was just like fuck we're really missing an opportunity to to have a more playful tone of voice and a, and a more enjoyable kind of like weekend warrior mentality. And, um, and that's certainly something that Bob and I both really enjoy and appreciate. And so I worked with a, one of my best friends who's a creative director in New York. Um, I'm working out like a more cartoonish version of that golf ball hole reference. And um, he came up with an amazing logo and, and we went back and forth on it. And that's what we ended up using. And so that little that little Bob Rad character is what we call him. Um, he's on most of our shirts, not all, but many of them, if not most of them. And uh, I think that's a really playful, one fun, you know, wonderful kind of fun nod towards, you know, golf doesn't have to be so serious. And um, and I think it's it, it does make you wonder what's he thinking about? What's the little golf ball character doing? Um, so when we first when we first rolled that out, we thought it was going to be like, yeah, some some people really love it, some people won't. And now we've gotten to the point where even our our more established country club customers, um, a lot of our private courses all over the all over America, even in Japan, uh, Korea. I mean, everyone wants the logo. So that's been a, a a nice sense of discovery and a great conversation starter. For sure. Now it definitely popped and. First time when I even saw the logo without even knowing the rest of the story, it just kind of, it intrigued me enough to be like, man, I have to know more. I need to know what's, <laughs> what's great. the story behind that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So uh, that, that's the story. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of an ode to the irreverent. I mean, we're really trying to say, have some fun with it. 
you know, don't, don't take it too seriously. I love it. I know you mentioned the weekend warrior mentality. And I think looking at a lot of your shirt offerings and then obviously seeing you guys get into shorts and shorts and pants as well. Um, it definitely seems like you cater to that more laid back um, kind of, I would say weekend warrior mentality, weekend warrior guy who just loves yeah. to tee it up and, and casually get out there and play a lot of golf. Um, as you guys have grown, you just mentioned, you know, Korea and Japan and, and overseas now, I'd imagine. Um, what's been the number one thing of, of just seeing, you know, folks wear your uh, wear your clothes that you've maybe taken as a surprise to when you started the brand to, to how you see it now as, as the way it's shaped itself? You know, it's, it's interesting. And I, there's a bunch of different ways people approach building brands. This is the fourth one I've built. And so I, I like to think that I've learned something along the way, even though the other three have been in denim. But one of the things you learn, and this is good advice, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs, is you learn not to go in guns blazing, being totally steadfast, that, like, this is what we have to be. This is, you know, like, this unmovable object where this is who, this is our lane, and then that's all we do. So I think we really kind of went into it with open eyes saying, let's, let's test a bunch of different ideas. Let's see what really resonates. Um, it's great that we have this classic aesthetic because that feels very organic to us, but we also love the idea of doing things. I mean, I'm shocked that we're selling tons of hoodies. You know, I know that that's something we enjoy playing golf with. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of shocking that that would be something like golf magazine would gravitate towards, you know, a year and a half ago or two years ago when we first came out with it. So it's exciting to see the sport really pivoting over to something that's not necessarily traditional. Um, and so I think from a brand side, that's super encouraging. And that obviously makes us lean a little bit more in that direction. Um, but I also think there's really an opportunity is, is, you know, if I'm thinking about my, or putting my trend forecasting hat on, I think nineties golf is going to be really important as a reference mm -hmm. point for the next few years. Um, we just came from Palm Springs playing in a fun little like pickup golf tournament um yes. and great it was place. neat to yeah it's just neat to see a bunch of the younger guys out there and a, a bunch of younger brands really kind of embracing that early tiger woods 90s you know professional golf mid 90s kind of vibe although it's definitely not the oversized shirts and oversized pants but there's something to that homage and that appreciation of what's come before and i think if we can do it in a in a modern cool way you know that's kind of the ticket and it's the same thing with the designs too, because I was like thinking here, I said, well, I said, it's kind of cool because it's like retro. And I said, wait a second, retro to me, that's old. I said, I don't want to, I don't want to age myself because for me, retro is like, you know, we're looking 60, 70, 80s. It, it's more nostalgic to me. Yeah. And, and I like, again, like I'm loving it, like wearing it right now. And it's like, you're looking at the the designs, like you're saying here, you got the, old school and uh, sleeves and the collars with the little stripes. And then a lot of the other designs looking at the website here is the stripes in it. And it brings back like nineties golf. And like you said, it, it really ties in because again, that's kind of in between 90 to 97 is really, you know, the Tiger Woods era and where yeah. golf is, you got to thank is where it is today because of that. Because and, of that a hundred percent. 100%. And I think like, it's a great, it's a great example to show you're wearing right there. So it has, you take something that's very classic and it's just like, oh, here's a really, really cool knit potato polo or something. And then we add that collar treatment, that collar, just so you know, represents that same, sorry, try this, that same putting cup or the same cup reference that we use on that other logo. Um, and it actually makes that or forms that logo. Um, 
but we also, you know, elongated the sleeve. We narrowed everything. The fit of that garment's totally different than something you'd find in the 90s. And then we also added a bias cut underarm. So if you open that, if you open up your arm, you're going to see that there's a whole section that's cut on the bias, meaning it goes a different direction. And the idea there is to give you more oh, mobility. Yeah. And so, you know, adding tennis tails, keeping it slim, it's actually the silhouette. If you think about it from the chest, it actually goes down, it tapers. So these are very modern things that we're trying to introduce to a very classic idea. And that's what gives it, I think, this feeling of there's an homage and appreciation, but that's definitely not the shirt that you would have gotten or found, you know, 30 years ago or during the 90s. So um, it's kind of neat to be able to play with that a little bit as a designer and as a brand. No, that's I, awesome. I think as, as we've come across so many brands in the past three years of doing this, it's, it's always, it's always something unique and something so subtle that like pops out for, for brands for us now. And as we've, kind of dove into it and heard a lot of the stories and you know for you guys and, and finding the subtle details that really work best has been really cool for me to to see how it's nice. all come together and seeing the logo not only you know on the chest but then you describing how it works its way into the collar and it's stuff like that that as we dive in more and more like to this industry it just it makes makes you realize like when you go to pick something off the rack at a country club or at you know dick sporting goods or wherever right like it, it makes you yeah. start to realize why why did they design it this way right like will will this fit right and why is it fitting right and i think that's half the fun of of going out and picking shirts or finding new brands like yourselves at radmore is is just like well maybe they figured it out that's going to fit me different than you know all these other shirts before and i think that's dante i know you've experienced this from a fit side of just like finding oh, yeah. brands that like don't fit right at all and then nope. just, you know jumping the jumping the line and finding a brand that does fit well it's like oh man, like, you know, you can find a loyalty in that and you can really kind of jump on board pretty quick once you find something. That I'm a, uh, 100%. 100%. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm short and stout. Um, so finding, <laughs> finding no brands. No, no. Hey, they, hey, they make big and tall. They need to make short and stout. <laughs> uh, I'd be right. I'd be going right directly to any, any brand that wants to have that uh, option. But no, to me, like, you know, I find a brand and it, it, you know, I find a shirt or whatever pants and it fits to my body based off of just, just their standard member, uh, measurements. I'm buying 10 of them, 10 plus, yeah. just so I can have a surplus of them. And I know like I can wear these down the road and not have to worry about anything. Listen, I think there's a lot of customers, a lot of guys, especially that feel exactly the same. I mean, I think, you know, if I learned anything in the denim industry for the last 25 years is, you know, there's a lot of people who haven't figured it all out that really want something that works for them. And when they find it, they just want to say, okay, just let me go back and get the new color of the next season or whatever that print is. Or, um, and just, you know, the, the old adage is once you figure it out, you, the brand, it's up to the brand not to fuck it up. You know, they just need to do it right again. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, the thing that frustrated me about the golf apparel part of the business was was a couple things but i think one of the big things was it just really felt like we've gone through this era of like people just putting more like martini glasses on a a, 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 a um you know polyester jersey polo and like here's a here's my little penguins or here's my other little print and it would just like it really didn't seem like people were getting to the crux of like here's what our point of view is and here's where we think we can be a little bit different it just felt 
don't want to say lazy, but it just felt like it's, uh, it was just easy. And I don't know if the customer was actually demanding more from them or not. Um, but it kind of, I think, in some ways created an opportunity for someone like us to say, hey, listen, we don't want to be known as another print brand, like a print shirt brand. That's just not who we are. Um, and, you know, we think there's another point of view out there. And we also think that, you know, for us to be successful, we don't have to find 10 million guys who think the same way. We can find a, a small niche community and grow from there. And uh, that's certainly certainly what we've always aspired to do. I think you guys definitely settled into, you know, your Pacific Northwest market. I think the moment we saw the brand, Dante and I both said, man, like, you know, we've seen, we've seen the McKenzie golf bag guys. We've seen what they wear. We've seen, you know, the guys out at Bandon and we've seen the kind of diehard golfers that really get into that niche. And it was like, they'd wear that, right? Like it was immediately our, our heads clicked and it didn't take us long to make the connections between the niche guys that like would wear your stuff and who you were catering to. And I think, that's a success in itself to kind of click in somebody else's head who's never even really found out about the brand of like who would wear it, where it be worn and, and, and the type of person you'd even see kind of wearing that brand and proudly, you know, providing explanation of why they're wearing the brand. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's, it's definitely true. I mean, it, and I think one of the things I think you'd asked me this earlier, is like, what surprised you about this whole journey? I think, you know, the, the most surprising thing, which really we shouldn't have been surprised. It's a whole, the premise of us being in business, but it's been exciting to see how many people have responded to the idea of a sustainable golf brand. You know, initially I got a lot of pushback from people being like, no one's going to care. You know, no, no golf, no golf pro is going to really give a shit. No one's going to want to, you know, fight that fight in a, a country club setting. And the reality has been, it's just the opposite. And I think what's happening is all the golf pros, the apparel golf merchandise association the pga sections which we work with a number of them um they all realize the same thing is you know coming out of this you know covid era whatever you want to call it there's a ton of new young people that are interested in golf and you know if you're under the age of 35 you know what the word sustainability is you know whether it's a huge part of your life or not it's definitely a bigger part of a 20 year old's life than it is a 35 or even a 40 or 50 year old. And so there's this transition happening where golfers are coming into the sport. They're excited about it. And they're probably going, Hey shit, like I give us, I give a shit about a lot of different things. And I want to make sure that when I'm playing or wherever I'm playing or whatever club I'm going to join has some of those similar, similar values. Um, and you're seeing it right now, like the water drink stations, there's a huge transformation into that people using, I just came from, as I said, the desert and we were playing golf there and they don't use any plastic cups. Everything is basically a, you know, a, a tumbler of something that's washed and, you know, can easily be repurposed and reused. Um, water stations everywhere, you know, to refill your, your drink as opposed to, you know, just picking up a, a plastic bottle of water. So I think those little types of things you're going to start to see happen more and more. And that's, you know, all of that's a nod towards sustainable, a more sustainable future. For sure. I mean, we're even seeing it here on the East Coast. I'm just outside of Ocean City, Maryland, and, and everyone basically from uh, West Ocean City all the way through to Fenwick Island, uh, all the restaurants, all the bars, everybody, paper straws now. I mean, Starbucks, yeah, no everybody paper plastics. straws yeah, now. And 100%. There's like no plastics as soon as you cross the bridge into the into the ocean towns. And I think as, as like you said, as, as more and more of us 
you know, mid twenties to early twenties, uh, get into management positions and into positions of making those types of calls within, you know, whether it's hospitality or restaurant industry or wherever, um, you're going to see more and more of that movement towards like that sustainable actions as, as, as we, we get older and we, we make that movement, it's going to happen. So we're definitely seeing it here on the East coast as well. So it's, it's neat to see, um, this make its way into the golf industry, um, and make its way not only just to, you know, we, We've maybe seen it from Adidas on the footwear side of things, but very briefly, um, we have not seen it uh, at the scale you guys are doing it at. So it's exciting to see it breach into the clothing side of things. Um, online, where can people find you to follow along? Obviously, RadmoreGolf.com um, is the great spot to pick up your clothing. But uh, where can people follow along and learn more about the journey of Radmore Golf? Yeah, I mean, RadmoreGolf.com is going to be the, the best place to learn the backstory and things like that. But you can find us at TrendyGolf.com. You can find us at Nordstrom. Um, Nordstrom is obviously a terrific retailer. It's really committed to our sustainable future. SaxThAvenue.com is great. Um, and we sell fairway styles and golf.com as well. So, again, those are all wonderful places to find the brand and kind of zero in and great offering. If you really want to dive in more to sustainability initiatives or what and how we think as a brand, feel free to come to the website, take a look. There's a whole bunch of stuff to snoop around on there. Um, and, you know, one of the big pieces of, of sustainability is being, you know, transparent and talking about your process and talking and inviting customers in, making sure they understand what they're doing and maybe some questions that they should be asking other brands. Um, it's really tough. I know this for a fact, you know, having been a brand owner on the other side, it's, you know, it's really difficult to turn a business and completely pivot it towards a more sustainable future. It's not easy. It's expensive. The cost of virgin polyester versus recycled polyester is, you know, it's 50% less. And so a lot, it's going to be difficult for a lot of these brands to do it. Um, and I think, you know, it, over time, it's going to happen. But I also think, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities, especially for smaller brands or younger brands, maybe, to be able to come out and make a lot of noise and, and a great first impression. And so, you know, whenever we see someone who's doing something really cool in the space, like I think True um, Golf Shoes has a fully sustainable shoe that, they, that they've come up with in the last six months. I know we're working with Nike on a sneaker for spring 23 that hopefully will be the most sustainable Nike uh, golf product that's been produced to date. And so I think there's an opportunity for brands to really speak with a, a different point of view and speak to a really, you know, viable, important, influential audience, which is... Uh, you guys, you know, don't not the old guys like me, but you guys. So this is great and such an incredible opportunity to be able to be on here and uh, and talk through it a little bit. Now we've we've enjoyed having you, and I think it's exciting too to see folks like yourselves be able to jump in with the Nikes, uh, with the Trues, and say, hey, especially Nike uh, being the massive worldwide brand they are, to be able to put a stamp on that or a logo on that and say, we didn't just put a logo on it and they pumped it out the door, right? Like we actually made moves to make them more sustainable as well. And I think that's the kind of ripple effect that, you know, businesses like yourselves can have on the overall industry when you start those kind of conversations. So exciting to see what you guys come out with because that is going to be epic. Awesome. Yeah, we are, we're too. And I, I think, you know, that's also the, the real advantage of, of partnering and working with big, big, massive, influential brands like a Nike or an Adidas, I think has done a pretty good job of trying to pilot and pioneer some ideas around sustainability as well. Those are the things that are going to make this all fall into place in a, in a much bigger way. So um, hopefully they'll, they'll continue to do that, which I think they are. So it's exciting to see. 
Awesome. Well, guys, that is Scott Morrison from Radmore Golf. Go check him out at radmoregolf.com. That's R-A-D-M-O-R golf.com. Scott, been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Love learning Pleasure's more about mine. the brand. Um, excited to wear this shirt more and more as it is probably one <laughs> of the most comfiest shirts in my arsenal. So sure it sure is. Awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for the time. Absolutely, guys. And as always, you can go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com to catch up on all the latest episodes, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes, or as always, on our YouTube page at Enjoy the Walk Golf Podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, get out there, carry your clubs, and enjoy the walk.